Hello everyone and welcome back to the Junior Sport Podcast with Naeem. Today, I am excited to have head coach and my coach at the ECAS FS Badminton Club in Denmark, Soon Gavnol. We will discuss many different topics regarding Soon's former professional badminton career as well as the transition into becoming a professional badminton coach in Denmark. I hope you enjoy and share with all your friends. However, I must mention special thanks to my sponsors Oost, Ventisusur, Focabel and Wood Interior Limited for making this episode possible. And now, the show begins. Hi Soon and welcome to the Junior Sport Podcast with Naeem. Thank you very much, Naeem. It's really an honor to have you uh, here as my uh, as my badminton coach, and uh, I'm really happy to have you on this podcast today. Thank you. I'm honored to be here, and I think it's a it's a good thing you've started, and um, I'm I'm proud of what you have uh, set up so far. So um, I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, to this uh, session with you. Thank you. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Okay, so. For today, I would like to first talk to you about a topic we are all familiar with, and it's about Corona. I mean, very, uh, very tough times. And I would like to first ask you, how has Corona affected you and your lifestyle as a badminton coach? Yeah, I haven't been been able to do uh, much of the work uh, I I enjoy doing and 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 be with my players as as much as as uh, as I'm, I'm I'm used to. So it has been uh, tough in many ways. Um, but I try to um, uh, not look at so much about myself uh, in that uh, sense, and I I more look at how uh, how I can help the players as as much as possible. Um, I'll uh, I'll get along. I think this is uh, an obstacle in many ways, uh, but. Uh, uh, luckily, I have my my uh, wife and my my two kids uh, with me at home, so we'll get the best out of that. And um, and then I try to see uh, how I can uh, help the players as much as possible, even though we can't uh, have our normal daily training sessions. Okay, super. Now you mentioned that your wife and kids are home with you, so I'm guessing you have found some positives in these hard times. Yeah, we do. For, for example, right now I'm I'm uh, homeschooling my my oldest uh, girl, uh, Sophia. She's uh, eight, and uh, we. So I'm 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 her teacher on a daily basis, okay. and uh, and that's uh, nice in many ways. Um, it's also uh, sometimes struggling and, and difficult, but uh, but again, I, I have some quality time with my kids, uh, much more than I've ever had, uh, and. Uh, I've really enjoyed that, so I'll try to get the best out of uh, this uh, this difficult situation. Okay, <clears throat> and now we have a question from Mr. Martin Bungor, also a player from ICAS Badminton Club, and he asked, how have you been keeping players motivated during these tough times? I mean, it's already been almost 10 or 11 months, and I mean, we have only played six or five months through this uh, this season so far. I'm sure it's been tough for many, many players. And how have you been keeping them motivated and keeping their spirits high? Yeah, good question, Martin. And thanks for that. Um, when we first had the lockdown, um, I did a, a daily uh, physical training. Uh, so I, I posted that online. Um, 
I did uh, did it on Facebook, so so everyone who wanted could uh, could join in for that. Uh, so to try to keep uh, some kind of rhythm for for my players, um, and uh, that that we could meet uh, in 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 a different way. Uh, since then, I've uh, tried to to always make sure that they felt I was there for them. So it could be just uh, a phone call, it could be uh, texting each other, it could be sending some training programs for them, but just letting them know that uh, that I was there for them. I think that's the main thing. So uh, so uh, I make sure that I uh, wrote all my players uh, once in a while, uh, asked how they were doing, um, how they um, had, how they um, if they needed any specific help for me. So I, I made sure that I was available for them. And I think just to let them know to, that they have that option, that they have someone they can talk to, uh, I think it's nice. It's not always necessary, but but they should know that uh, they have someone that uh, that is uh, behind them and uh, are trying to support them all the way through. I'm pretty sure that even though it's not necessary, they still appreciate the fact that they have someone to come to, especially you being their coach and you're making it available for them that they can come to talk to you about anything, you know, regarding training or just about this period of life being so mentally tough. I mean, I'm sure many people would want to express how they feel and they may have very, very deep thoughts about what's going on. Yeah. Um, now I would like to change things up and find out a bit more about you. And the first question I'd like to ask is, how did it all begin? Badminton player, you know, where did it all start? How, when, why? Yeah, good question. Uh, like uh, I was, I was just, I, I just turned five, um, and uh, uh, the the I live in a in suburb uh, to uh, next to Aarhus, which is the the second biggest city in in Denmark, and uh, we have uh, this small badminton club there, uh, like almost every small city in in Denmark does. And uh, my my mom was coaching, so uh, so I went with my mom um, and. Uh, Within a year, I, I moved to a, a bigger club uh, called Vibu, uh, where I played since uh, I was uh, six years old uh, until uh, in the beginning of my 20s. Um, and uh, I think the reason was that my mom played, my dad played, and my older brother, Anas, uh, played uh, as well. So it was just the most natural thing for me just to to come with them and uh, and do what uh, the rest of the family did and um, yeah I've just loved uh, going since uh, never had any uh, any breaks from from badminton at all so um, uh, yeah it was a natural thing for me and I think that's the reason why I'm still in it it is just it comes natural to me it's not something I have to uh, motivate myself to to get going with it's uh, it's a part of me it's uh, it's a part of who I am so um, yeah I joined the the family business you could say okay that's really nice to hear and um now you mentioned that you've been playing with Vibu since you were 6 years old until your early 20s now, those consist of your junior years, and I can see that you have some results as a junior at the European Championships and Danish Championships. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I, I think uh, like my, my older brother, he's one and, one and a half years older than me, 
and I think that that meant that I always had someone to play against that was a little bit better than me in 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 the first years when I started playing, uh, and then I we just had a really really strong uh, talented uh, environment in in VB. We were together with a club uh, called Greve. We were the two strongest junior clubs in in Denmark at that time. We had a really good coach uh, called Kent uh, Messen uh, who really inspired me and and. Um, had a lot of tough, tough training sessions uh, for us. So um, it, it made sure that I had uh, good players training with and good coaches. And uh, and I think like the setup was really nice for me. I lived only three kilometers away from uh, the hall, so I could bike, bike there uh, every day. And uh, yeah, I, I had some good results as a junior. I was a part of the, the national team uh, every year and uh, yeah, won the, the nationals in, in all the categories, single doubles and, and mixed doubles and was lucky enough to, to win the, the European champions as, as well, uh, individual uh, and uh, as a team. Congratulations. And just to cl- clarify, uh, you've been champion in the Danish junior but is it under 19 under 17 which uh, age category was it yeah it was uh, spread out in all the different ones uh, I, I i didn't win as a under 19 i finished uh, second as a first year under 19 uh, and uh, second as a second year under 19 so that was a uh, was tough for me not winning that one but um yeah again it's it's not something i think too much about uh, right now it's i look sometimes i look back at it and 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 i have a lot of happy memories with me but i always try to look forward uh, and and try to uh, become better and and not so much dwell on what what happened before but of course it's something i'm i'm proud of and uh, yeah, I, I won the first nationals when I was uh, 11. I won the men's singles there. And uh, uh, and then the rest of the medals are actually spread out a lot also in in the, in, in doubles and mixed doubles. And I, I played all three categories until I was uh, under 19 player. Uh, you mentioned something very important in terms of uh, not looking at that result from the under 19 men's singles. Uh, be, being second place two years in a row and I think we can all learn something from that to not dwell on those losses too much you know and really be happy for the results that we've had and accept that even though it's just second place uh, I mean being in the Danish national championships on the 19th second place I think that's still a great feat and congrats to you yeah, again. Thanks, Name. Yeah of, of course it, 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 you have to sometimes remember to look at this it's not, not just a lost final which of, at the moment when I lost, that's the only thing I could see. And I, I remember that's maybe the medal I, I hated the most. Uh, but um, <laughs> but again, of course, it's it's something a lot of people would have uh, given so much uh, for. And and, and uh, but again, it's 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 not so much the 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 medal. It's it's much more the the effort you put into it that you want to succeed. So when you when you've done a lot uh, for it and, and you've trained hard, uh, then of course uh, you want to see some results. Um, and and see okay my my effort is is worth it. But then the older you get, you find out it's it's not so much um, that one day or that that tournament that that is um, uh, like worth it. It's it's much more the everyday life. Like if you want to, uh, like you you should you should be able to love the training. Uh, sometimes you have to hate it as well to do the the, the tough things uh, you, that are necessary, but. But if you love what you do every day, then, then I think that's actually the main thing for having a, a good life uh, as, a, as a person. You make a very good point. And 
now the, the fact that you mentioned you're focusing on the practice and the, the effort itself, which is why I want to talk to you on like this is why I have you on the podcast, you know, called Journey of Sport and not just focusing on the results, but the actual day to day life of what it takes to become, you know, truly successful. And after after these after these losses, when you became a senior, I would like to ask you what what motivated you to keep going and if you can tell me who was your badminton idol at that time yeah i must say that that when i was playing at that age the results motivate motivated me a lot uh that that was important for me because there was also and i also tell my players that now that that even though we look at the long perspective we look at at the, the talent development over time uh of course you need the victories to to uh, have fun with it you you need to see that you can succeed so it results are a big part of it i think it's it's the combination between the two um but but yeah, I I was inspired by by a lot of uh, players. Um, that that age, I had to choose between between the singles and 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 doubles, and and uh, I had I, I clearly remember I had a we had a national training camp uh, that summer uh, before I was uh, turning a senior, and and the sports director of the the Danish Badminton Federation said that that they were um, they wanted me to. Um, to uh, aim for the doubles, and uh, and if I did that, they they like had a, a program set up for me, and and uh, if I um, continued my development, uh, I, I hopefully I could go uh, to to Point B and be a part of that training center with uh, where the national players are with uh, with trying for the doubles, and um, of course I was interested in that, but but again I had the dream and desire to see if I could uh, achieve the same things in in, in singles. And uh, I, I chose singles, and uh, I've never regretted that. Even though I didn't get to the highest level internationally, but but again, I, I did something every day that I really loved, and and, and loved training. And I was inspired. Uh, coming back to your question, by by players like uh, Taufik Hidayat, uh, Muhammad Hafiz, Hashim, Ali Vianetta, um Kenneth Jonasson, Sun Jun, uh, Peter Rasmussen, so many uh, proper uh, talented uh, single players I, I could look up to. So, um, so that was uh, that was uh, a really good, uh, uh, some good years for me in the beginning of the senior years. I started to play the international uh, tour and uh, really, really enjoyed uh, all the, the, the tournaments I was at there. Splendid, Suna. Now, you mentioned... Uh, that uh, results had motivated you at that point in your career. And I would like to ask you, like, what can you recall as your most memorable or your best results in your professional career entirely? Yeah, coming, yeah, I think, uh, I, like, I was in, in five uh, bigger finals um, uh, internationally. Uh, I think there was uh, some, some good results there. Um, and uh, Denmark Open, I, I always... Uh, managed to play quite well. I think that was like um, one of my favorite tournaments. Uh, I loved that my family and, and close friends could could see me play when when I was playing a lot internationally. So so being there with my 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 friends and and family was was a really nice time for me. And I had uh, uh, some some uh, like three or four tournaments. I look back on. Uh, at Denmark Open, that was uh, uh, really good for me. But I, I, I think my like my best results must must have been the five finals um, I was in. Uh, I think that was um, something I can look back on and, and be really really proud of. Okay, um, 
these finals were mostly in Europe or around the world, like Pan America, Asia. Yeah, it was a little bit uh, both. Uh, there was one in uh, in Peru uh, among uh, 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 yeah crazy oh, places okay. to go to. Um, there was one in at the uh, in US, uh, and then the, there was uh, Greece, uh, Slovak, and uh, and Italy. Okay, super. I think that any badminton player or any athlete would uh, be so much more motivated and feel so much more comfortable if they know that they have family and friends around. And from my own experience, I mean, playing at home some years ago was always a great experience, even if it was just a nationals, because I can always have my family there. So I can relate to what you mean when you say that, you know, it's always good to have close people around you and feel like you have the greatest support team in the yeah, world. Yeah, I've always liked the West when there's like uh, people are cheering a lot and when there's a good atmosphere. And it was sometimes easier to create that. Uh, that I knew that people were were cheering for me when I was playing uh, in in Denmark. So so that was something I, I always uh, thrived with and and enjoyed. Um, as a player, I always liked uh, the the sense of attention uh, while playing. So so the more people that could see me, I I, I always uh, enjoyed that, and I was never afraid of uh, of uh, not performing. Uh, I was always more uh, thrilled on, on on that that I knew that I could uh, could go in and make a good performance because I've done that uh, uh, a lot of times my my junior years. So so. The more people that could see me, and it was never pressure for me. It was uh, it was uh, something that motivated me uh, quite a lot. Splendid, Suna. Um, earlier, you mentioned that you were training with the national team at some points, and I can see here that you, for your for the majority of your career, you were at Bamson Denmark's national training center in Aarhus with some of well-known coaches like Morten Frost and Kent Masson. Can you tell me about the experience there in Aarhus? You know, wh- uh, like who were the players you were sparring with then, and what was the experience like on a daily basis? Yeah, that, basis? that was where, where, where I was training, like basically all my life. That was in 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 Aarhus at the team Denmark Center there, which which is like functioning as a as a as a second national center. Uh, it's not where the best players in Denmark are, but it's uh, where people hopefully develop uh, as good as possible so they can get to uh, the, the best national center. So it's a, it's a talent center uh, where I was lucky enough to, to practice with a lot of good players uh, all, throughout my career. Um, there was players like uh, Jan Ørjørgensen, uh, Mads Conrad, uh, uh, those players uh, were, were coming up when I was uh, a little bit older, but um, I had a lot of uh, also today friends that I, I trained with at that time. Um, some of my best friends are, are, are from that period that I had uh, the 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 luck and and and, and uh, the blessing to to train with. You mentioned a very popular name in Denmark, Jan U, and also Mass Conrad. Now they were players under you, so I'm guessing yeah. a few years younger, but. What was the, I mean? How did you feel when you saw that they were booming at some points in the career? You know, what what could you say to them, and how how could you relate in terms of? Uh, you knew that you were training with them a few years ago, and they are playing at such a high level now. I mean, Yan Wu is a finalist in Indonesia and third place uh, World Championships. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was what can you like say? for me, it was it was great seeing them uh, coming up, and and they they also had tough periods where where they were struggling, like like everyone had. But it was really nice to see them uh, also on a scope, uh, Rasmussen, like see those players uh, taking the next step and uh, going to uh, to Point Bu and 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 living out their dreams. So I, I think. At that time, of course, we had an environment where we uh, tried to help each other as much as possible. We we really had that, but we also looked uh, looked at ourselves uh, mainly. So so uh, I was not too focused on them, more trying to see how I could uh, develop uh, my game and and uh, do well at, at at tournaments. So so we we were helping each other, but but again, in that environment, you also need to to do what's best for you too to succeed um, but I could also see that that when they were a player like Jan when he was uh, getting past me I could also see that okay it's uh, uh, I'm investing everything in this everything that I can uh, but he's getting past me uh, a few others were getting past me so I, I, that started making me think and, and plan for the next step in my in my life um, so I wouldn't be um, uh, like stopping at 35 and really haven't achieved anything. Not not that it could have been great playing uh, for, for such a long time, but but I, I promised myself when I was younger that I would go 100% into this. And if I couldn't uh, achieve the goals I, I wanted, I would set some, some new goals for me to challenge myself, uh, to do other stuff that uh, would be as, challenge, as challenging as, uh, as trying to aim for the, the, the world elite. You speak about being successful and, you know, hoping for big goals and being able to achieve what you plan to and going 100% into the sport. And it brings up a question from uh, from Benjamin Clint. What were some of the biggest goals and did you achieve them? Yeah, I, I, yeah some of them I achieved. Uh, I achieved to be a professional badminton player. So I think that was the most important thing that I could live off uh, what I did. I could have a, a daily rut- uh, routine with uh, practicing twice a day, uh, physios around me, a mental trainer, um, uh, good, good setup in, in general, and I could travel uh, the world. I played more than 100 uh, international tournaments. So, so I think I, I, that was the main goal for me to, to live that dream. Um, but I, I had a, a goal that was to be top 20 uh, in the world and, and I didn't achieve that. So, of course, I would have liked to achieve that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't have the, the skills or the luck uh, to, to reach that level. And, and that is fine with me. Like, you, you have to set some goals that are sometimes um, not impossible, but to really reach for the stars and, and set the barrier quite high, which I did. Um, because if you don't do that, you, you wouldn't succeed it. So uh, for me, it's okay not to to reach all the goals you set. Um, uh, again, if you like what you're doing on the on the way on the path to reaching the, the try to reach the, the goals, then that's uh, what made me happy. I'm I'm sure that having team around you with uh, mental coach and conditioning and all the coaches that contributed to your career must have been phenomenal and congrats to you again I think anyone who's playing more than 100 tournaments in their career has had a great is a, is a great feat um, playing professionally as you mentioned for many years would, re- uh, would require many many sacrifices now dealing with your family and school and your social life how did you find balance 
yeah, it, it wasn't really sacrifices for me because that was what I dreamed about. So, so when I hear someone today, like, uh, okay, oh, I can't go out, with my friends, I can't go out uh, partying and drink so much. That's a big sacrifice for me. Then, then it's never the solution for you to 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 sacrifice it. I think. I think you should do what you want to do. Of course, sometimes maybe you want to do something, and and okay, you don't do it because that's uh, that's not. Uh, 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 how you should behave but but again you you have to balance your life in a way that makes you happy i think in general uh, so if you want to become a really good badminton player or another in another sport uh, this is just how it is that is life for you of course you can have a few drinks once in a while uh, off season and and not while uh, in in a trade uh, in a tournament period but but um I think that you should have that motivation so deep inside of you that when you wake up in the morning, you know what you want to do. And you know you have to sacrifice, uh, using that term, uh, many things to, to get to there. But again, uh, you, you have, I think, if you're training, tra uh, let's say you're training two times a day, uh, badminton, maybe sometimes you have a, a fitness session as well, you still have time to, 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 to see your friends or... Um, or, or take good care of your family and stuff like that. It, it is possible, but but there's just periods of time where you don't have that time and that luxury. Um, but then then you just have to be happy about uh, what you're doing. And if it's really good friends, they will know that this is uh, this is uh, what you want to do, and, and and hopefully they'll support you in that. So so I don't think that I've um, sacrifice too many things i think this is the, the life i've chosen uh before and also now being in, in benson still with uh with uh, some odd uh, uh working hours sometimes uh, but um that's uh, my family and, and friends know that this is the that this is how it, it's always been for me so for me this is the natural uh, way of life I can heavily relate because, for example, in my case, when I first moved to Denmark and we were practicing so much, also with conditioning training during the day, I, I chose to make time for different things, you know, being with people and uh, just just being not actually just thinking about Edmonton and the training too much, but just finding time to do something else. And that brings up the question for you regarding uh, what you like to do besides Edmonton. Uh, so what were some of your hobbies during your career? Yeah, I, I, those who are friends with me on, on, on Facebook or, or follow me sometimes on, on social media, they know that, that I'm a big uh, movie, uh, football and music fan. I think those uh, three things are, are what I use a lot of my time uh, with um, uh, to, um, to like, uh, yeah, do stuff where I don't have to think about uh, if, if, if it, was a tough training or I had an argument with uh, with someone that uh, to take my mind off and and do something that that uh, is nice for me um, and I've always been very social I always uh, had uh, close friends um, that that I could talk to with uh, like stuff that, that didn't uh, um, like that, that uh, was not about sport, uh, but but all other stuff, um, and uh, and I think you have to have these go-to things that uh, that you you have you can find um, comfort and, and and happiness in uh, and just enjoy without uh, thinking about sport all the time. Um, it's not many hours I don't think about uh, sport or badminton in 
most particularly. But but uh, when I when I don't, then uh, then I, I try to use it on on watching a good uh, good movie or listening to some good uh, music with some friends. So yeah, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I have this. Uh, I I've never really played much uh, um, uh, games uh, uh, on the computer, but I have one go to game also is uh, called Football Manager that I've always enjoyed, and I think that it's quite similar to what I do in, in my work life with uh, setting, setting up training, uh, playing matches, uh, um, man management to uh, the players and stuff like that. So uh, tactics. Uh, um, so that's a game I'm, I'm into uh, uh, still. Okay. Um, now you mentioned movies and music Football. and yeah. I can tell yeah. that football and I can recall that you are also doing these um, not competitions, but you're sending out these uh, lists of songs and uh, programs during Christmas and New Year for people to to have fun with on those special days. Can you tell me a, a, yeah, a bit more about yeah, that? Yeah. I think my it's probably because I think my my taste of uh, movies and music are quite awesome. So I want to give that on to <laughs> some other people. <laughs> so no, it's uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've always. I, I like rating stuff. Um, so uh, there's this um, a website called IMDB, uh, International Movie Database, where you can read everything about all the movies uh, ever made, uh, actors and, and everything. And, and you can have your own uh, watch list there where, where you can rate the movies you've seen or the TV shows, or series you, you've seen. So, so I started doing that in... 2011 because i had a, a hip surgery that that uh, summer so i was uh, lying a lot in bed so so to have something to do i just started rating all the movies i've, I've seen in my 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 younger years and I've, i'll continue doing that since so so like uh, um seeing movies uh, rating them uh, learning more about um, the, the producers and and all this stuff is, is something i am uh, i like i like the, the nerdy stuff uh, and the same thing with um with the football players and uh, reading about football players uh, on a daily basis, but, but always to, to, to gain knowledge, not, not, not just to, uh, to get time uh, going more to, to learn some new stuff and, and um, follow some, some sports journalist on, on my Twitter account uh, to learn more about that because it's all of it is something I can use in my daily life. I can use the knowledge I, I learned from other football coaches. Uh, I'm a lot inspired by um, by uh, yeah three coaches in, in especially uh, especially uh, Diego Simeone from Atletico Madrid, uh, Marcelo Bielsa who's now in Leeds, and and Jurgen Klopp, Klopp from uh, Liverpool. Those coaches has a uh, has a lot of. Uh, inspiring um, uh, working methods, training ideas that, that I try to use in, in my um, uh, coaching uh, uh, with, with my badminton players. So, um, so it's both to, to, uh, for, the, for the enjoyment, uh, but it's also for gaining knowledge that I can pass on to, to other people. It's, it's great, Suna. And as a player... I would just want to tell you that I appreciate your methods so far, and I'm really happy that you can be sharing them with me. Thank as you, well. so and thank I'm you for that. Must say that I really enjoy having you here in in, uh, in Denmark as well. It's now your third season here, so uh, yeah, times go go uh, goes quite fast. Yeah, we never knew what can happen, but here I am, and I'm I'm pretty happy here. You're thank welcome you again. 
Now, I would like to change things up, up a bit and focus more on your professional badminton coaching career. Now, why did you choose to become a coach and uh, how long after in your playing career did you decide that you want to do this full-time and professionally? Yeah, I, I remember I had a, had a talk with uh, one of my coaching, uh, coaches at, at one time that, uh, that uh, yeah, it, it was a good thing if I started uh, probably an, an education uh, alongside uh, my, my career. Um, so, uh, so I did that in, in the mid-20s. I, I started to, uh, to take a, a, a teaching education um, to become a key teacher. So I did that for four years. And I think during that period, I found out that uh, I liked the uh, uh, teaching part. Uh, it didn't have to be um, like... Um, uh, like the courses you normally teach as a teacher, but but more to to give to other people was what uh, I was uh, uh, really happy about. So so in that period, I found out that when I finished the education in 2012, I would like to see if I could go full time as a coach. Um, but the preparation where I learned all the things that that I passed on was, of course, part of those four years. Uh, the, the, the education took but it was more all the things I, I learned from in my own playing career the coaches uh, I had the people I worked really close uh, with uh, off court and and then I was always uh, uh, when I was a full-time Benson player I also had uh, a few uh, coaching hours at, at other clubs so uh, so I got a lot of experience from that so um, so about uh, about ten years ago, uh, I, I just decided that okay, I should try to go this uh, do this full time uh, in a quite young age, uh, even though. Um, um, but uh, I think I was ready for it, and and I always uh, knew that uh, even though I was young and and younger, that some a lot of the players actually I was I was uh, coaching. I knew that as long as I had the. Um, how can you say that they respected me because of my knowledge then i have no problem with being younger than them as a coach um because it's not about uh, age or anything it's more what you can do and and what you can help others with then uh, then players will always be open for 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 you as a coach if, uh, if you had have that uh, respect I really like how you use the term, you know, sharing knowledge as a teacher and not just someone who is just telling the students or the athletes what to do. That I like the idea that uh, you, are, you are imparting knowledge to other people and helping them understand why and what you're doing and understand how to do it properly. And I, I also agree with you that in terms of uh, people having respect for you, knowing that you know what you do and you also believe in what you do and they give you that respect because they can trust that what you decide is best for not just for them but also for the team itself that's uh that's really nice um you have been the head coach of ecas Babington club for yeah quite some time can you tell me what about your experience there and yeah yeah it's, it's my 14th uh, year in in the club and uh in in ecast and it, it started with uh when i was a part of vb uh coming up as a uh, under 19 player i i came into this uh, team uh with uh we had we had uh, always was a a 
a strong badminton city, but we we didn't have one team that that could uh, uh, could challenge the, the the teams from Copenhagen. So so the three biggest clubs in in Aarhus, VB, uh, Højbjerg, and uh, AB Aarhus Badminton, they made one team together, one first team in the badminton league called Team Aarhus. So I was a part of that in a, in a really young age, uh, and and that was fantastic. Really, really, some of the best uh, experiences uh, I, I had at that time, um, and and I was there for uh, some some years. But then uh, I had a uh, we got Morten Frost as a coach. Uh, I was playing uh, the, the second men's single. Peter Gather was playing the first men's single. So it was a really amazing uh, <laughs> setup with uh, playing together with. Uh, uh, at that time, um, yeah, Peter Gather was was number one for for three or four years in a row, um, and and Morten Frost was uh, as a player also uh, number one in the world for for I think uh, almost eight years. So, so that was amazing learning from them. Uh, but I, I could also, I, I didn't feel comfortable in that setup. Uh, I, I wanted to be a place where I could build things a, a little bit more, and not just being a part of a system where, where there was too many uh, other, um, like, uh, m- uh, like major uh, um, people like Peter and and and, and Morton was. Uh, so I enjoyed uh, learning from them. I found out uh, how they saw badminton and and what made them world class players, but I could also see where I was different than, than them and and where I could maybe um, do something uh, a little bit different uh, in 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 man management, uh, how to motivate people in a different way because they they did their uh, they had their style and I really respect that, uh, but but it's important to to. Find out for yourself uh, what is your style and 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 work with that. So I needed to uh, to find a place where I could build something, um, uh, of course, with other people, but where I had a lot of uh, uh, say uh, myself. So I got this offer from Ecast, where my brother was that time playing also and and in the board, and they gave me uh, so much uh, trust. Um, um, even though I was only 23, but but I started that coaching, and and, uh, and within a few years I was a, a part of the, the the I was the head coach and, and coaching together with Peter Nissen, a uh, former world junior champion. When he was the the chairman of the club, he he really uh, believed in me that uh, that I could. Uh, uh, keep on playing there, and and but also have much uh, more uh, responsibility as a coach and how we should uh, structure and, and build up this club. So the club went from being in the in the second division, uh, which is like third best league in, in Denmark, to to go into the first division and and then the badminton league within only three years. Uh, so that was a, a major achievement, uh, probably the, the biggest one for me because I was a part of it both both as a player and and a coach. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I had a, a really good beginning with Ecast, and and since then I've just uh, enjoyed uh, being a part of the club uh, so much. Um, when when I came there, I I said some uh, I I there's there's this uh, a phrase called "Don't judge me when I come, but judge me when I leave." Uh, and I think about that every year. That that it's it's not so it's important how I finish things. And I don't care when I finish it, but it's important that you keep on going. You should never settle and never be satisfied with how things are. So the last year you are somewhere, uh, the last year you're with a girlfriend, the last year you are at a, at a 
other job or whatever, have to make sure that you, you, you give it everything you can until the end and try always to, to do the, the best thing you can. So, of course, I've had players during these 14 years that, that it's good for them maybe to, to move on. Uh, maybe they have um, other ambitions. Maybe they need an, a new training environment or, or, or other things. Uh, I respect that and I've also encouraged that. But, but it's important that they feel, those who are there, that they always feel, okay, I try to always uh, develop as a coach, as a person myself. So the things I weren't that good at five years ago, I have to make sure that I become better at it uh, um, uh, during the, the years. So it's not just the same program year after year, but uh, we keep developing, we keep changing uh, small things. And I make sure that every day, day I turn up, I have to make a difference. It can be a big difference some, some days. It can also just be a small difference. Have a, have a small chat with someone that's feeling a little bit down, uh, trying to encourage uh, some, some players or motivate them to, to do their best. All these small things on a daily basis, that's uh, what uh, really um, makes me want to get up in the morning and, and, and try to be a, a better coach. Two things I want to say to you, and that's, first of all, I really like the idea that when you said uh, about giving your best each year, no matter what, in, in, no, in, in no matter what perspective it is, training or girlfriend or relationship, whatever, I appreciate that for myself and I'm going to keep that as a memo for myself as well to always give it full gas, as you guys say. And I think that, not that I think, but I know that players here really appreciate the fact that you make that special time for us to have a, a special talk with you or even if we're not feeling 100%, we, we can count on someone to not always boost our energy, but we can have that comfort and we can be able to relate to someone and someone can share some experience and make us feel better in some way. Uh, you know, we, all the pressure doesn't have to be on us. So yeah, again, it's nice to hear from you, you for your because yeah, you are one of my players. So that's, that's what I hope that, that uh, that's how you see me. Uh, I, w- I want to be this like solid rock that uh, when everything is, is, is tough and everything is bad, that, that I can take all that pressure. Um, I remember a team match we had uh, in the badminton league with with Ecast, uh, I guess about five years ago. We played really bad in in in, in Udense and, and lost six uh, zero. And and I, I remember I said to new to, to the newspapers that the, that the, if anyone should be fired or anyone should be uh, changed, it should be me. Uh, the players did uh, all that they could. It was uh, not a good performance, but they did everything that they could. So I looked at, at how we could change things, and and, uh, and and I always had to look at myself first, always. So, so Naeem, if, if you're not doing uh, well, it's always on me. Um, uh, of course, you have to put in the hard work, but, um, but it's me who have to create the, the environment for you and, and, and try to help you develop uh, uh, as a player. So, uh, so I, I hope that I can be this uh, solid rock for, for all my players that uh, uh, not for them to have an excuse and say, okay, ah, soon has to do better. But just knowing for for them that I will always be there uh, in the tough times because it's not when you're playing your best game that that I'm the most important person. It's when you're not playing your best game that that I have to help people. It's when you're injured I have to help people, um, and 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 uh, all these uh, rainy mornings you have to get out of bed. It's it's uh, it's me to have to make sure that I've created a culture and and an environment uh, at my places 
that people want to come uh, to become uh, better places, better, better, better players. Sorry, yeah. I appreciate your. Cons- I appreciate the, the consideration you have for us, and I'm sure many others do as well. Now, we speak about Badminton Liga Budikast. If you can tell me, what was the experience like? And how for how many years were you in the Liga? And um, maybe if you can elaborate on one of the matches that really uh, is still in your memory, you know, that you, you appreciate the most. Yeah, we, that, we've been up the most excitement. Uh, two times uh, in the Badminton League. So we've been a yeah, first division team for, for many, many years, which I think is, is really good for, for what we have. We don't have any big economy to, to buy players, uh, but we have a, a good uh, training setup where people can come and, and develop and, and have a good time as well uh, socially. Um so, so we we've been up to the badminton league two times, and I think uh, the last time we went up uh, where we won uh, uh, like the final game in the team match, uh, it was uh, Victor Svensson, who's now in the national training center in in, in Brøndby, uh, a great great player and a, and a and really good guy. He uh, he was uh, he was behind nineteen fifteen, I think, in the third set. Uh, and I was coaching uh, the court next to, and and I came uh, to Victor in, in 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 the end of the the set, and it was so uh, nerve wracking, uh, and and we had really little communication because I could see that that uh, Victor really, he couldn't take anything in at that time, and he played some really good really good uh, rallies and he just kept on going, and then he won twenty one nineteen, and we had to win that game to go up. So the celebration uh, where every player, we had a, a bus full of players uh, going with us to, to Copenhagen where we played the team match uh, against uh, Castro Mauleby. And uh, everyone just ran on court and there was uh, champagne uh, all over the place. And I was just uh, so amazing to celebrate uh, with the players that you work on a, uh, yeah, on a daily basis. Um, I think going up was was really awesome. We've had some some nice uh, league matches as well um, uh, that I that I remember. But again, it's that is not the main priority for us. It's not going into the league. It's more to have the, a good uh, every everyday uh, uh, training setup. I think that's the main thing. And then if we can have some players who are good enough that we can keep those players, we want to try to do that. And then go to the badminton league, but but I'd rather have a really good training setup in in uh, uh, on a, on everyday basis than just have one good team that's in the badminton league. I'm sure the experience must have been great. I mean, throughout all these years, and knowing that players keep coming in because of the expertise that you share. Um, I myself know that many international players are coming to Ecast. Um, can you tell me? What is the, the like? Why do they come to Denmark in particular? And if there is some special difference with the training in Denmark compared to the rest of the world? Yeah, we, we Asia, do different USA, training. That's, that's for sure. We also do different training than than other coaches in in, in Denmark. Our training sets up in in Denmark not not very much different, but but small differences. Um, I think as a as a coach, you have to you have to change uh, small things uh, once in a while. As I mentioned earlier, not big things. It's not like okay, now I've created these training exercises and then I'll uh, make a revolution. Uh, that's not how things work. But but these uh, 5 10% that you can make maybe a little bit different uh, than others is, is where I see a lot of potential in. 
but we have limited time. I think that's one thing to look at. We have limited time that we can't have training sessions that are three hours long. Uh, the, the players I coach, you and, and others, they have they have studies, they have they have uh, part time jobs next to. So we, we don't have the time. So how can we use the time we have uh, as, as well as possible? So it's a lot to do with the mindset we have. If we have a training session for one hour, one and a half hour, maybe two hours, we have to make sure that it's really high quality, that you are on from the beginning. You cannot just have a, an exercise that is going on at, at 80% of, of your maximum. You have to be 100% as much as possible. So when we're training, I set really high demands for the players that we are giving a lot to others. We're really good sparring partners. But we also make sure that we get everything out of the sessions that we can uh, individually. Uh, so we have to use the time as, as good as possible. And, uh, and, and, and I don't exhaust the players totally. So it's not like we have crazy, crazy hard sessions. We have that once in a while. But uh, we have hard sessions, but more with high intensity and, and, and high quality. And, and where I think we should stand out is, is on the mental part, that we are tactically and mentally stronger than others. So uh, I expect that everyone who shows up training is in a good physique. So if, if you're not in a good physique, if you're not in a good fitness, you need to do some, some more physical training. And players can do that uh, outside of the training. They, they can do more skipping, uh, running, biking, swimming, uh, strength training, and so on. I'll help them with that if they need it. But, but the badminton sessions, which I'm uh, 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 the biggest part of, we have to make sure that, that we are really, really strong mentally there. That when I have some some players uh, playing against my players, they have to to not feel comfortable playing them because then they'll they'll know that that my players won't give up, they'll fight until the last rally, and they're they're smart as hell, so they can change tactics, they can push the right buttons mentally, uh, when to to be uh, aggressive, when to be um, uh, more easy on court, uh, and and play with a lot of confidence and and believe in themselves. You make a very important point in terms of athletes coming to training and being mentally there. Now, I, I see it really important because some people just go to practice, and, and I don't mean in Denmark, but what I've experienced throughout my career so far, they come to practice and they are just, you know, going with the flow and it's not they're not there 100%. And this can really have an effect on their results and how they play. And you can really see the difference between those who are mentally connected to what's going on for that one hour and a half or two hours. And you can see the reaction from those who are not committed mentally. And I, I think it's a really good point and really good that you can emphasize that players need to be much more mentally aware of what's going on, what they're yeah. doing. I, they're I have doing a good um, a good story with uh, one of the Malaysian players we, we got a few years ago, uh, Wong Fai Yen, who was in the National Training Center in, in, uh, in Malaysia. And and he he, he stopped there because he, he, he didn't like the, the environment that they had and, and that they were they had always someone deciding for them all the time always uh, said okay now we have to do this kind of running uh, for so so long time and 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 etc so so Wong when he came here we needed to get him a better shape because because he had one year break so I said to Wong how he could do it uh, uh, but I said you have to do it uh, 
a lot of it yourself. Uh, that that you have to be responsible of your own um, your own uh, fitness. Uh, that I'll help him on court. I helped him talk to him a lot with with tactics. He he also learned me uh, uh, some some stuff that I'm I'm uh, I, that I'm really appreciative of. But but he he uh, he started running after the the morning sessions we had. And then after a while, he came to me and I said, I really like running for the first time in my life because now it's my choice. It's something I want to do, not someone just telling me, okay, you have to do this and this. So he really liked it now. And I think if you can get to that level where people starting putting in the extra effort that is necessary, but they like it because it's it's their choice. It's not someone who has told them. I, I can tell them that that it's necessary. But but again, uh, if you don't do it, it's it's yeah, it's your own career. It's if uh, it, you want to do it, uh, it has to be your own choice, and you have to feel that okay, put in this extra effort, and and then you'll get to where you go. And and I also feel then the feeling for them when they get to uh, the the top podium or, or they achieve some of their dreams, they can feel okay, I actually did this, uh, like uh, I had help. But a lot of it was because of my own effort, and that's where I want to—that's the feeling I want to give the players that that they can be so satisfied with themselves because they can use that in so many other spe- aspects of of life. So they haven't been just machines, but they have been uh, individual people who are are thinking by themselves. You make two very good points in terms of giving the players their own choice and also it being up to them, and I think that's very very important because some may have the choice by themselves to do something extra uh, gym training running skipping whatever but the thing is they have to be committed as well and determined enough to get it done and also get it done 100 percent, and also be mentally aware of why and what they're doing you know that it can contribute to the result on court or it, it can make them better as an athlete and although the choice may be theirs i think really has to come from them as well to be committed and to be determined to get the job done. And props to Wong, uh, excellent player and a good friend of mine. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a great yeah. fit. It, it's, not, it, it's important for me to, to have this uh, feeling that, that it's not what you become. It, it's more who you become. So, so uh, don't look look at at uh, things like there's a beginning and 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 uh, and an end. For example, with a tournament, there's always a beginning and end. But look more at how you, how you as a person uh, develop. Uh, if if you if you win a lot of stuff and then end your career and and don't have anything to do afterwards, it, it can happen for so many athletes. But if you focused on this, who you become. I think you have so many good options uh, and the, and you can become so many uh, things within badminton, within sport, but also in other jobs. So so not so much that, that what you become, more, but more who you become is, is uh, for me, the um, like the uh, reaching for the gold uh, in, in the best possible way. Now, soon we're speaking about what, and, and sorry, who you can become, determination, commitment, and athletes having their own choice. Now, I'd like to ask you as a coach, and you've been a coach for more than 14 years, what is the most important characteristic you look for in a player? Um, hardworking. I think that's the main thing. Uh, pe- uh, the person has to be hardworking. Uh, to, to become really good, you also need the talent. 
Uh, and for me, talent is, uh, for example, if um, like having this uh, uh, moving fluently on the court or having the, the touch, the feel uh, to do different um, uh, techniques. If, 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 if I try to change some techniques with a player, if the player can, can do that, that's where I see talent, that you can, you can always change small things in, in your technique, you can ch- change small things in your tactics and so on. If 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 it's if it's difficult for you to change, then then it can be that you are not as talented as the best players in the world, which is fair enough. Not everyone is, but the work rate is something you can always uh, like maximize one hundred percent, get everything out of your own potential. And if you do that, you can become a really good player. You've seen I've seen so many players throughout history that that I would have guessed okay it will be hard for them to to reach the top level with that technique maybe but again they put in the the work effort and then not everything but almost everything is 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 possible within uh, all sports so so the work rate is something i always uh, look at uh, and and uh, I've, I've had players who are not having the best work rate but but if you can just combine the talent that they have with becoming better at the work rate then there's uh, uh, chances of possibilities in in the player getting better and then i always like the like the odd uh, characters i like working personally with people who are um, uh, different they don't have to be as everyone else i like when they um, we are agreeing on uh, the the the, the like the main ideas that, that I have and, and, and we can find a, a way to work together but I don't mind if they are a bit strange or, uh, or very funny or very dull whatever uh, as, as long as they have some kind of personality I think that's important and that makes it fun working with them and, and challenging for me I think as a coach you should never um, make everyone feel the same thing or make everyone think the same thing all the time it's good to have these players who are who are different uh, as long as they don't uh, ruin it for the others that's the main thing if they are if they are bad for the training environment of course then they have to to settle uh, like settle in with the others but uh, having a, a different character as a person is, is something i i also uh, look at at players because when you see the top players in the world in all of them have that all of them are a little bit different than, than the everyday people you, you meet sometimes. So, so it's good to have this um, uh, strong uh, personality with you. Soon, I must say that I'm looking forward to working harder with you continuously, regardless of talent or not. Um, it's a great environment, and I think that you create the environment with that personality as well. Thank you, Name, and, and, and likewise. Super. Um, I want to change things again to uh, some questions about your fans, from your fans. <laughs> and also a rapid fire. Yeah, so just shoot. You mind? I'm ready. Super. So rapid fire first. Can you describe yourself in three words? Um, mentally strong, or, or if it's just one word, strong. Um, uh, yeah. uh, friendly and, uh, and happy. Okay, super. I mean, mentally strong, I, yeah, I can use it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and okay. friendly and, and happy. I think, um, I think I'm happy uh, every day. Yeah, I have tough days as everyone, but uh, that's yeah, good. I'm always happy. Yeah, yeah, we're all human. 
your favorite part of being a coach and why? Uh, yes. Good question, name. Um, so many things I love about doing it. Uh, but I think when I was a player, I was, uh, as I said, and, and what was needed, I was selfish. And I like now not to be selfish, not to think about myself, but to, to, to think about the players. So when I see the players succeed, doesn't have to be with tournament victories or winning team matches, but but when I see the players succeed uh, in some way, they develop uh, throughout the years that I'm coaching them. That's uh, I think what I enjoy the most uh, to see the players uh, develop and, and succeed. Okay, question number three: Your favorite country you have ever that's, been? Uh, that's U.S. Uh, USA. Uh, I've been there eight times, uh, seven times to play uh, tournaments. Uh, I always try to to put in one or two in in the years when I was a professional to play the uh, the U.S. Open in Los Angeles and uh, the the Pan uh, it was called Pan Am um, in in Miami. Uh, those uh, two tournaments were just amazing. I had some of the the best trips uh, going there when uh, when we finished the tournaments. Um, we we uh, I, I put in a, a extra days in the calendar to to be there, and we went to see some uh, NFL, American football, uh, baseball, hockey, uh, 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 NBA, basketball. So I, I got to see a lot of different things also while uh, while being there. And one time in Miami, I went with uh, six of my friends who were there, and uh, yeah, we kept it really serious while the tournament was was uh, going on, <laughs> uh, uh, and that was really nice having them there to to support me. But we also had some some nice trips uh, around uh, Florida uh, afterwards, so that was uh, that was really nice. So favorite country must be uh, must be US, uh, even though the the Peru tournament I played uh, one year was also amazing uh, with. Uh, um, like we played at this private club where the hall was uh, at the beach. So when we went outside of the the hall, there was like uh, 15 meters to uh, to the to the ocean and uh, uh, nice restaurants uh, around. And um, it was uh, also a very learnful uh, experience to be in a country that that different to to uh, European countries. I can relate to what you mean in Peru because I've also been there twice in that same environment and it's amazing to be there. I mean, the weather is also great. The the environment is great. They have great food. So I recommend anyone who's playing Peru International yeah, yeah, have a visit yeah. there. And of course, uh, as I last mentioned this, uh, to this question, like uh, the 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 Asian tournaments, I, I got to play uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, and, and Vietnam was also uh, amazing countries to go to. Uh, Indonesia, where we played in uh, Istoa Senayan um, uh, Stadium, was uh, was yeah uh, the most amazing feeling I, I've ever had as a as a player playing a, a tournament. So, the Indonesian people with their um, uh, how well they were supporting and cheering was uh, was fantastic. So also props for for Indonesia. Super soon. Um, question number five: What is the one food you wouldn't want to give up? Oh yeah, I I I'm I'm a lot into uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, um, like uh, uh, nutrition and and eating healthy and. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I like the Italian kitchen. So uh, pasta, pasta, I think is uh, would be hard for me to to give up. Yeah. Any particular 
pasta, like I mean pasta with chicken or no, just in general. Like? Uh, it can be many many things, uh, but uh, yeah, lasagna and stuff like that. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Okay. Um, what is the thing that you fear um, most? Not much. Uh, luckily, I don't have. Uh, I I think now, of course, becoming a dad with uh, Nicolina at five, and, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, Sophia at eight. I think something happening to your kids, but but I don't go around and and uh, have a have a daily fear of of course. Uh, I try to use my my logic, but uh, but again, it's some something happening to to those closest to you and and those you want to protect is of course my my biggest fear. That's very sweet. Um, now some questions from your fans, uh, also players from the club. Um, from Matthias Hugo, what could you have done better to become a Yeah, player? That's a good question. And, and the more I know about that, the, the better I can also help uh, uh, Matthias and, and the other players I coach. So, so I think I, I, I could... I could have done a bit more on the like uh, the gym part, the physical part, uh, doing that even more. Um, I, I think I was uh, at my best period. I was in a really good shape. But again, if if you look at the, uh, the, the like a uh, Victor Axelsen now, who's uh, who's uh, uh, yeah the the best or the second best player in the world at the moment uh, with Momota, I think if if you look at him, I was never that anything close to him physically like he can just keep on going uh, he's he's uh, uh, in a really positive uh, uh, way to use the, the word beast uh, uh, like he's he's just a beast and uh, physically so so just being so determined on on being in the best possible shape taking so good care of your body uh, what what you put inside of it uh, how you stretch before and after training um, uh, all those things uh, that's the thing i could have uh, I, I, I think i was good at it, but but uh, maybe i didn't know how good i had to be to become um, to, to take the next step to the a higher level Soon it's never too late to get into <laughs> You're right about and, that. I'm yeah. still trying. Still trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can also join yeah. us sometimes in the gym. You know, it yeah. could be, could be fun to have you around. Um, from Calvin Lungo, what has been the coolest badminton tournament so far? And what was the experience like? Yeah, as I mentioned, the Indonesian Open was was amazing. Uh, I got to play all England uh, three times as well. It was really, really amazing. Uh, first time you enter the National Indoor Arena in, in Birmingham is just like wow. I remember I, I went there with my uh, my best friend uh, since I was uh, five years old, um, uh, and and uh, to share that experience with him was uh, was really nice. Um, um uh, and uh, i think uh, yeah i think all england uh, was something uh, special um but again turning uh, back to to uh, denmark open that was probably where i played my best uh, badminton um i also had a, a tournament in in vietnam where i reached the quarterfinal uh, where I got some 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 good victories uh, on the way. I think that was also amazing. Uh, where where you could have a a little bit of the experience, uh, uh, like in in Indonesia with uh, the spectators. Uh, I remember going into the quarterfinal. I had to play uh, Tanongsak, who's uh, the best uh, Thailand player, 
and uh, I was watching um, uh, Tim Henman uh, playing the Wimbledon on, on, uh, in tennis uh, just before uh, uh, going there to the hall. And he did this um, a strong man uh, pose when he won, where he took his arms up uh, and, and, and tried to look like a strong man. So I said to, to Christian uh, Lind, who I, I traveled with uh, most of the time uh, to these tournaments, I said, I'll do that strong man pose if, if I win uh, tonight. Uh, and I was pl- playing really, really well. Um, and I won the second set. And I could just feel that it would be so tough uh, winning uh, the third set. So I did it in, uh, <laughs> after winning the second set. And the, the, the people, the spectators, they really loved it. So, uh, so I, was, I was happy about that. Uh, that and and uh, it was good I did it because I didn't, I didn't win the third set. So, uh, so I, I, I got it in uh, <laughs> as a good celebration. Honestly, I had no idea that you had been to England, and I've yeah. known you for three years. Yeah. So, congrats! And some of the that's, players, that's incredible. Maybe it was a little bit earlier on that that they've been teasing me with. With uh, sometimes I repeat some of the stories because I have so many good stories about uh, traveling and 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 so on when we are in the in the locker room. So, but but yeah, all England. Maybe I should tell about that <laughs> uh, a bit more, so you can hear about it uh, next time we see each other. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, now from Mads Peter Lawson, former player of Vickers Babington Club. AGF or Liverpool? You must only choose one for oh, the rest that's of not your fair. life. That's not fair. Uh, yeah, uh, for the listeners, uh, AGF is the local football club here in, in Aarhus, where, where I'm from. Uh, and then we have Liverpool, which is uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, my favorite, favorite club as well. But I think uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I would choose AGF. I think this is my hometown and this is uh, what I can relate to the most. Uh, being a fan of Liverpool is, uh, is really in, uh, a big part of my life as well. But uh, I've, I've grown up with uh, coming to Aarhus Stadium and uh, I've watched uh, hundreds of, uh, of uh, games there uh, live. And then I went there with my dad and I went there with my uh, granddad uh, as, as really, really young. Uh, I know some of the players who've played for them. And so so it has like a, a special meaning where the Liverpool uh, relationship is more as a fan. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, AGF, uh, the the local football club, would uh, would be my my choice. Uh, I know you you disagree, uh, Mas Peter. So um, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's how it is. Um, okay. Uh, from Lasse Bunzer, we have seen <laughs> so many dance moves. Will will there be more in the future, or perhaps we can yeah, make a TikTok I'm together? Yeah, I'm not into TikTok. I've, I've also said to my daughters that that's not the that's not the social media we have to use here at home. But uh, I think it's uh, <laughs> it's good to do things that you're not good at. I mean, I'm not a good dancer, so if I can uh, if I can show others that I don't take myself uh, all too serious uh, all the time, then I think that's uh, an, an important part of uh, showing yourself. Uh, I also had a, a challenge at a, at a Christmas uh, lunch uh, some time ago where uh, I had to go and, and sing to the neighbors who had a, a party at their place. So I went in there and, and sang. And I think uh, sa- singing and dancing is probably two of the things I'm worst at. So um, 
so it's good to challenge yourself and uh, do the stuff that you're not good at because uh, it can make people other people laugh and at least you can laugh about yourself and i think that's uh, that's important in life if there is video proof of this singing and dancing experience, there is, unfortunately, i would like there to is. see it very much <laughs> <laughs> okay again from mass peter um why <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I mentioned, with uh, some of my favorite Benson players, uh, one of them was uh, Sun Jun. And uh, if you take the first uh, three letters in, in my name, is uh, Sun Gao. So uh, it was a bit similar to, to Sun Jun, who I, I love playing, uh, and he was a uh, um, yeah world champion when I was uh, when I was coming up as a as a junior. So uh, so uh, he was the Chinese, and and I was the I was the white Chinese. And and again, if you look at my skin color, I, I am quite white as well. So uh, I think it it worked uh, quite uh, <laughs> quite good for me, and and it's a. Uh, yeah, it's a nickname I, I like having. So, uh, yeah, people call me, uh, still call me uh, Sun. Also, my, my wife called me Sun. Um, so uh, it's a nickname I'm, I'm, I like and I can relate to because it has something to say with my normal name. But again, it's a, it's a part of who I am with the, the badminton part uh, into it uh, with uh, Sun Jun. Um. From Carson Why haven't you moved to Ecast yet? Carson Boy was asking, why haven't you moved to Ecast yet? It's not the first time you ask me this, uh, Carson. I, I, yeah, I, I think the best answer is that uh, I like driving uh, 50 minutes from Aarhus to, uh, to Ecast every day because then I can hear a lot of good po podcasts. Okay. I, learn, uh, I learn a lot from the podcasts <laughs> I hear, uh, get inspired. I listen to a lot of good music and um, yeah, I can bring some of the players who also live in Aarhus. I can bring them to Ecast. Uh, we can have uh, a really good time uh, driving together. So um, I see it as a, as a good thing that I'm staying here in, in Aarhus. Uh, maybe also because my family and my wife's family is, uh, is living here and I love the city. But uh, yeah, you'll never know what happens. But so far, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm satisfied with, uh, with where I'm, I'm living. Funny enough, Carson had the. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's a clever he man. Of answers, so. And he's my boss. Yeah. He's really clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, the last question from me um, If any young aspiring player were to ask you for advice, what would you say to them? They have to believe. So believe is, is probably the main thing that, that what you do in, 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 in all things in life that, that you should not always listen to, to critics and, and, and others. But if you have a dream, if you have a desire to do something, uh, believe in it. Because the worst thing that can happen is that you don't succeed uh, with your goal. But as I as I try to to uh, speak about is that you learn so much on on that path uh, going there, uh, on that journey that 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 you go on to. So so if you believe in yourself, if you have the self esteem, uh, then then I'm sure you'll be badass what what you're doing and 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 and. Uh, and, and people will look at that with uh, being inspired uh, of you. So, so inspire others with believing in yourself and, and, and really aiming for your goals. And then don't, yeah, fuck the critics. Uh, laugh at them and, and, and don't care if someone is laughing at you. But, but uh, yeah, 
set yourself some goals and 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 reach for them and if you can give give on to to others on that way not only thinking about yourself uh, then uh, then it's a it's a win-win situation thank you for a very inspiring answer soon i really appreciate that uh soon that's all i have for you for today it's been a real pleasure to have you here on my podcast and i i must say Thank you very, very much for giving me the opportunity to interview you and share this uh, 75 minutes with you. I, I'm sure many will learn from your experience and your, your, the thoughts that you have shared with us. And I'm hoping that many can appreciate some of the Thank values you a lot, that you name. share. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, if this uh, is uh, inspiring for just one uh, person who've listened to it, then I'm, then I'm a, a happy man. So uh, yeah. I hope uh, they enjoyed the stories, and uh, it was a pleasure for me, at least. And I've uh, I had my debut in a in a podcast uh, with uh, one of my players. It can't get any any better than that. So uh, thanks a lot. Hi Sun, we just want to say thank you for all the support and help you have given to us so far. Thanks for being a great guy, and we look forward to a lot more great trainings with you. We love having you as the white Chinese. So guys, that concludes the episode for today on the Junior Spot Podcast with Naeem. I hope you liked it and that you share with all your friends and family. Again, thank you to our sponsors for making this episode possible. And remember, feedback is always welcome. Thank you and goodbye for now.